I am speaking with Office Director for Eastern Europe from the U.S. State Department, Daniel Bischoff. Thank you for joining me on Ukraine Watch. Dan, it's a pleasure to join you, and, and thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you because a lot has been happening lately in terms of Ukraine. Uh, both the President and the Vice President have been in uh, have been visiting Europe on historic trips. Um, the overreaching theme, of course, uh, being after a year, cave is still standing. Um, there's no sign, however, that the war in Ukraine is coming to an end anytime soon. In fact, just a few hours ago, the president of Russia announced that his country will suspend participation in a nuclear arms reduction treaty. Um, should the United States view this announcement from the Kremlin as a threat and um, will the United States continue to support Ukraine even if Russia aggression continues for years? Well, absolutely. The answer to your second question is absolutely yes. You know, you, you talked about the year mark and I think that President Putin really expected a quick victory, but he terribly underestimated the resolve and capability of Ukrainian people to defend their country, their democracy, and their freedom. And, and frankly, he also underestimated the United States resolve and the unity of allies and partners to stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes. And I think that's a message that you heard uh, in the president's speech. Um, but to, to something else you mentioned, you know, the focus on Ukraine by both the president in his trip both to, uh, to Kyiv and, and to Warsaw, but also the vice president. Um, traveling to Munich and her very important speech where she talked about the designation of Russia uh, as having committed crimes against humanity. That, I think, among many other things, the show of resolve by United States leadership and this important announcement about the designation of uh, crimes against humanity made this a very significant weekend. Yeah, talking. I want to talk to you about that. So, uh, Vice President... Kamala Harris was in Munich uh, at the security conference. Um, I think she, uh, she said, and I quote, um, to those who have perpetrated these crimes and their superiors who are complicit in these crimes, you will be held to account. Now, uh, last spring, President Biden used the term genocide to describe Russian atrocities in Ukraine. Should the vice president's remarks be viewed as a step backwards? Well, um, you know, I, I would say the president has not hesitated to draw attention to the horrific actions and the atrocities that we've seen the members of Russia's forces commit in Ukraine. That's what he did. Um, we're supporting precisely the very effort the president called for, which is gathering, reviewing, uh, and preserving evidence making sure it's eventually available to the appropriate tribunals to hold perpetrators accountable. You know, this designation that we're talking about uh, came from the Secretary of State, who found that members of Russia's forces and other Russian officials have committed these crimes against humanity in Ukraine. But the work of the State Department has been to hold all of those responsible for the atrocities. And we've also called on the international community to condemn Russia's actions and ensure those who are responsible are held accountable. So, you know, going forward, we will continue to support domestic justice processes in Ukraine and the ongoing work of international mechanism and, excuse me, mechanisms and institutions.
And no sitting president has visited Ukraine since George W. Bush did back in 2008. And uh, President Biden's trip certainly is significant as no U.S. president has visited a country at war or an active war zone not under American control in modern history. Um, it looks like President Biden's visit was well received by the Ukrainian people, but um, I know I know you're not a politician, but if we were to talk a little bit about domestic politics for a moment, what is the argument for why America, um, American support for Ukraine and at the level that it's been given is in our country's national interest? Sure, That's, it's such an important question because what Russia has attempted to do in Ukraine um, unfortunately isn't just limited to Ukraine. It's the defense of sovereignty, of territorial integrity, and frankly, the UN Charter that's at stake here. And so the consequences of what has happened and what could happen um, are far-reaching. And this is why it's in the interest of the United States to continue the very strong support that we've given to Ukraine. Um, and it has been very strong support, as you know, uh, on the security side, on the humanitarian side, and on direct budget assistance to Ukraine, um, the United States has been uh, extremely supportive of, uh, of Ukraine. And that's been true um, in the White House, uh, and it's also been true in our Congress, where support for what's happening in Ukraine has been both bicameral and bipartisan. And that's something we are glad to be a part of. Um, and expect that it will continue in that vein. You know, the, the fact that President Biden made this trip to Kyiv at this time indicates to me that the lines of communication between Washington and Moscow are not completely closed. Um, and in a time when the United States is talking about war, tri war crime tribunals for Moscow and Moscow is talking about nuclear proliferation, do you think there's any room for diplomacy in ending the war in Ukraine, or is that door closed? No, I think this war will have to end through diplomacy at some point. It's just unfortunate that President Putin has shown no interest in meaningful diplomacy up until this point. Russia and Russia alone can end this war, and, and they could do it today. Uh, so we echo President Zelensky's call for a just and durable peace, one that recognizes and respects Ukraine's sovereignty, territorial integrity, and independence. Um, but it's up to Ukraine when that moment is, and we will be supportive of Ukraine as they determine that. Um, you know, you brought up Russia and, and the announcement that came from President Putin about the New START Treaty. So our position on that is um, it's really unfortunate and frankly irresponsible. We're examining what impact this announcement will have on the current state of the treaty, and we'll carefully examine any actions Russia takes after this decision to ensure that we, we're postured to defend our country and our allies. The administration negotiated with Russia to extend New START when we first entered office because it has made our countries and the world safer, especially at a time when you know Putin has engaged in this sort of saber-rattling. So we're still ready to meet with Russia to discuss the treaty and nuclear stability issues as our recent P5 meeting on risk reduction illustrates. We've said this before, no matter what else is happening in the world, 
we are ready to pursue critical arms control measures. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot happening in the world, as as you well know. It 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 seems as though, and I don't think this is a stretch. The the world has changed drastically since the fall of the Soviet Union 30 years ago, and now we've seen a resurgence of war in Europe. Russia has invaded more than one of its neighbors in in the last couple decades. Um, and, you know, speaking of treaties, um, Ukraine and also the country of Georgia are you know, neighbors of Russia. They're, they're both aspirants to join NATO. Um, and NATO's expanded a lot since the fall of the Soviet Union. Do you give any credence to the view um, espoused by the Kremlin that they were provoked into starting these wars? Not at all. You know, Russia's aggression against Ukraine did not start in 2022. This war is a continuation of Russia's illegal seizure of Crimea and parts of Luhansk and Donetsk in 2014. Putin and his cronies believe that might makes right, but they're wrong. So with respect to NATO, you know, we're leading a coalition of more than 50 countries from North America to Europe, Indo-Pacific, that are providing military assistance. We have made it clear that our commitment to Article 5 uh, of NATO is sacred. We'll defend every inch of NATO territory. So I think this has been another huge miscalculation on Putin's part. You know, he claimed that he, he felt threatened by all of this, um, and maybe he thought that he'd weaken NATO by, by pursuing what he did in Ukraine. But today, NATO is stronger, more united, and more vital than ever. Every single member of NATO is stepping up to increase their commitment to strengthen our collective defense. You know, Putin wanted less NATO. Instead, he's getting more. Now we see uh, Finland and Sweden on the verge of becoming NATO's two newest allies. Well, Mr. Bischoff, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for talking to me today. Well, like I said, it's such a pleasure. And thank you for speaking with me. Thanks. Thanks.